Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. Dr. Gary would appreciate the fact that when the bishop comes up into the pulpit, you see him kind of look back at his notes. He realizes that's not the sermon he wrote. The angel, Cary Grant, wrote that, and he never reviewed his message uh, for that evening. And so you can see that stunned look. Uh, but then uh, the Lord is so merciful that, um, did you notice, now all of a sudden he can just not even look at his notes and, and uh, do the message. But uh, that, uh, how many of you know that movie? How about if I say it's the bishop's wife? How many know that movie? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that, was, that was a fast one because I used the very last clip because I like what he says there uh, to introduce the message today. Uh, we've been on a series called How to Miss Christmas, and today our installment is By Missing Jesus. And you would think, well, for pity's sake, how do you miss Jesus at Christmas? Well, there's a lot of ways to do that. Uh, let me give you a little bit of review for the movie to see how that all fits in uh, to our message today. Um, as the movie begins, the bishop is, is feeling the pressure of ministry. Uh, my two brothers, yes, <laughs> feel the pressure of ministry, busy schedule, family, everybody wants a piece of you. And you are trying to find some place where you can shut the door, barricade it, and have five minutes just to breathe. It, it, it can get like that. And it's not just at Christmas time. It's all year round sometimes. But his focus is on this grand, great cathedral that he's trying to get built. And that... That plan is bringing such anxiety upon him. The bishop's wife, she's frustrated with his schedule. She's frustrated with all the fundraising that has to go on. She's frustrated that there's no family time at this particular moment. So finally we come to this climax where, where everybody, they just have this scene where everybody's wanting something. He, he's mad at her, she's mad at him. Um, he, he, uh, he's got this uh, very wealthy woman that he'd like to roll up the plans of the cathedral and whack her over the meat coat with. Because all she wants is what she wants uh, to build it. And, uh, it's just, and then the, the, the secretary's coming in wanting to uh, get his attention. I mean, it just it's like... Oh, for heaven's sakes. And he's in his study after a phone call, and he realizes all this stuff is going on the next day. And, and uh, I like it at one point because the secretary says, now don't forget you've got this talk that you've got to do tomorrow at noon. And, and he's like, oh yeah, when was that? Well, you did that a month ago. You scheduled it. And I'm thinking, my land, I hope he knows what he's going to talk about. It's tomorrow, <laughs> you know. 
And so that, that's just how it is. That he, he's got this beautiful uh, painting of the cathedral over the fireplace there in his, his study. And, and he goes up to it and, and here's what he says. God, what am I to do? He's at his wit's end. God, what am I to do? Can't you help me? Can't you tell me what to do? Oh God, please help me. Now the whole time is tell me what to do. Give me direction. Give me focus. And that's when the, the, the light that's streaming down in the painting, it's painted in there, starts to glow. And that's when Cary Grant the angel appears and, and all this neat stuff after that. So if you've never watched it, you ought to rent it. It's really good. Um, it draws us to two questions. And if you've, after three messages, surely you figured this out. I have a set pattern sometimes. And I'm trying to, I, I have two questions to ponder, just like last week and the week before. And that's hopefully to trigger you to think, yeah, I thought about something last week and I thought about something the week before. Is it possible to lose one's focus at Christmas like the bishop and miss Christmas by actually missing Jesus at Christmas. Let that sink in for lose one's focus. That's probably the best phrase right there. Lose one's focus. Can you do that at Christmas time? And number two, can Jesus be missed and forgotten at Christmas because of our busy schedules, ministries, and family responsibilities mounted up and on overload during Christmas? And the sad answer for both is yes. You can actually get to the end of the month, turn the year, and stop and think, well, what was that? Where, where, where did... Where did the peace and the joy, where, where did the meaning go? I just blew right past it. I think it's dangerous mostly for people in ministry because they have to get all these things lined up. They have to get them all done. They have to get them practiced. They have to get them written. They have to get them scheduled and all that. And they watch it happen all month long. And at the very end they say, well, I didn't get a chance to enjoy it. I made sure it got all done, but I didn't enjoy it because it just took so much time and energy in focus. Case in point. Why do we give? Why do we give? Because God first gave to us. Do, do you remember that? Why do we love? Because God first loved us. you remember? Why do we care? Because God first cared for us. Remember? So what would Jesus want most from us? Let's let that just, just hover there and, and roam around our hearts and our minds as we continue 
with this message. We can relate to the pandemonium of our society. We understand that. We live in it. But do you remember that the Magi seeking to find the new king also came prepared to present him with gifts? It wasn't just... Let's go, I'm curious, let's go, let's go see, let's go check it out. It was a thought of when we find him, what do we want to do? And our very short text this morning is Matthew 2, 11 through 12. On coming to the house... They saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Let's ask God's blessing on the reading of His Word, the preaching of His Word, and the receiving of His Word. Heavenly Father, thank You so much for this time. Thank You for the music that always prepares us uh, for what You have to say to us. Thank You for each one that is here, Father, and we pray that Truly, Father, in the busyness, the, the, the chaos, the, uh, all the different things that go on at this particular time of year, Father, help us to set it aside right now. Help us to stop thinking about our shopping list. Stop thinking about decorations and parties and events and things like that that will just begin to pop up and surface. Let us focus on Jesus. Help us to think about Jesus. Help us to consider Him as the recipient of all the gifts, the praise, the honor, the glory, and the reason that we celebrate. Father, open our hearts and minds that we might not miss Christmas by missing Jesus. We ask this in, in His wonderful name. Amen. There's some things we've got to think about. And the first thing to think about this morning is this. For the Magi, the wise men, their destination was not just a place, but a person. The king of the Jews. I don't want to tip my hand too much here because on the 31st I'll preach on missing the star. So I'll do like 1 through 10. And in January for our Wednesday Bible study of teaching you how to study, I'm going to use... Matthew uh, 2, 1 through something. We're going we're to study the 
the Magi. And so I got to be careful not to say too much. But, you know, when that star rose and they noticed it, and it was something so uniquely different than anything they had seen, it, it put on their heart a desire to follow it, to see where it led, to, to have some access to Scripture that talked about a star, talked about a king, and they wanted to see him. And so they begin this journey searching for not just any king, but a specific king whose star would point to him. And so they begin this, this journey. And there are anticipations in their hearts and their minds about finding him and, and what they're going to do and what they're going to find and things like that. And so when they get to the house, they reverenced Jesus by humbling themselves before him by bowing. I want you to look at that word. I want you to think about that word. Are we reverencing Jesus during this season? In the things that we choose to do, participate in, go to, see, and all these kinds of things, are we taking the time within that context to reverence Jesus? To thank Him that it's because of you that I can do these things. Again, over the last two sermons, there may be an idea that I don't like certain things. I love the lights. I love the poinsettias. I love the carols and things like that. But in the midst of that, I thank Jesus for the beautiful lights, for the beautiful carols, for the beautiful season, for coming for me and for you and for the world. So I can participate in certain things and at the same time reverence Jesus for the ability and the opportunity to say, boy, I am so glad that you came. And let me be a part of this. Not only did they reverence Jesus by humbling themselves and bowing before him, they acknowledged Jesus by worshiping him. Now you stood and sung the songs this morning like you've been doing the last couple Sunday mornings. Is your focus on acknowledging Jesus? Is it not, it, it, I mean, make sure it's not just, oh, we always sing that carol, or I don't like these carols. It doesn't matter. <laughs> this is what has been chosen. This is what God has led to be sung in this place during this time on this day. So are you acknowledging Jesus? By worshiping him, no matter what. And again, it comes back to being thankful and grateful 
and, and being so happy to be a part of his family if you're a Christian. Everything also leads to an invitation. Would you like to be a part of his family? Would you like to know why we do the things we do? Why we say the things we, we say? Why we spend time here? Then please ask. I know we've got a number of people that would love to tell you why we do what we do. Because at the heart of it all is the cornerstone of it all, the foundation of it all, and his name is Jesus Christ. Plain and simple. So, are you seeking for him? Are you reverencing him? Are you acknowledging him? And what's so neat about this in a way, now, I think... I think the wise men would be terribly upset that their gifts started this craze of gifts. Um, they brought some special things. And this is why we, everyone just says it, there's three of them because there's three specific gifts, but there could have been other folks there Several that brought gold. That is a wonderful gift for a king. Several of them could have brought incense, a gift for a priest. And many could have brought myrrh, a gift for a sacrifice. They set these aside. They, they decided on starting their journey. Now wait a minute, we're going to look for a king. We're, we're going in anticipation of finding this person who has been born king of the Jews. So we can't go empty-handed. We can't go empty-handed. We must take something to offer him, to, to give him. And I ran across the most wonderful thing this week. Every Christmas season, just like every Lenten season, I find me a devotional book to read because I want to draw close. I, 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 I want something to challenge me for those church seasons. And I found this wonderful book. And this is what it said. It, it's very interesting that it was this week reading over and adjusting this message. It says, as a matter of great importance, these men came to meet Jesus. Flat out. They didn't know his name, but they knew something special was happening because of that magnificent star and what it did. They came to meet Jesus. Now, by giving to Jesus what he did not need and what they might enjoy, those gifts, they are saying more earnestly, 
And more authentically, Jesus, you are my treasure, not these things. I want you to think about that. They bring these expensive gifts. Oh, they're costly. I believe God used them later on the trip to Egypt. But initially, let's, let's think about this for just a minute. Why, why, do we, why do we give gifts to folks? Well, usually the folks we give gifts to, we have some relationship to. Even if it's grouchy uncle somebody that we're like, well, we'll get him a gift certificate and he can go do what he wants. Something like that. Or there's those that, that we, we painstakingly search the stores or the internet or whatever, and, or we painstakingly we talk to the person and, and try, to, try to figure out what it is that they, they really would like to have or, or would bless them in some way. Do we give to receive? Hopefully not. Hopefully what we're giving is a free gift. I care about you or I love you or you're special to me and, and, and you just touched my life so much that I'd like to give you this, whatever the case may be. But you don't do it like, okay, what do I get? It's really funny in the bishop's wife at one point, he's so jealous of the angel, the bishop, he just can't stand it. And so he's watching his wife brush her hair. and Oh, you're so capable. You're so this. And you know what? You're just flat out a, a, a wonderful wife. Well, thank you. Thank you. And he can't stand it. And finally he says, am I a wonderful husband? <laughs> you know, it, there's a compliment to get one. Do we give to get? Hopefully not. So the wise men bring their gifts. Now think of it in this whole brand new way. I bring you gold because you're a king, but you don't really need it. And it's something I might replace you with. So I'm giving it to you because you are more important than anything else. Well, I'm bringing you incense. You don't need it. But I might use it to replace you. So I'm giving it to you because you are more important than anything else. Well, I'm going to bring you myrrh. And that's, that's a really costly perfume. You don't need it. But I might substitute the myrrh for you. I might find a use for it that, that just puts you out of the picture. And now I'm off somewhere else. So I'm giving it to you because you are the greatest treasure to me. What if we approach Jesus that way? In our worship, our devotion, our study, all of that. What if we approach Jesus that way? What does Jesus want most? Us. 
Does he want a third of us, a half of us, three-fourths? No, he wants all. What if we gave Jesus all of us? Because he is our greatest treasure. He is the most important person in our life. Because if we make Him the most important, then those that are important in this life will be blessed more because we have given everything to Him. He then directs us more easily to love the ones around us how important is that at Christmas time when everybody's spending and spending and buying and buying and wrapping and partying and on and on and on and they come to the end and say seems like I missed something it just seems like I've missed something the Magi set the precedent for all time of our response to the giving of grace through Jesus Christ, that of giving a gift. As the bishop's Christmas Eve sermon pointed out, we respond to the story of the Magi by celebrating Christmas with the giving of gifts. Fine, dandy, wonderful, no problems. Up to a point. We go to great lengths in purchasing gifts that will please and touch the hearts of those we buy for, that of family, friends. We tend to forget no one who makes the shopping list. Let's put this in the perspective of a birthday party. You send out all the invitations, you get everybody, the house is decorated and the, the cake is beautiful and the candles and all the different things and everybody's there to celebrate and you go through all the motions and everything and everyone says great party, great party and great party and everybody's filing out the door and, and you shut that door and you turn around and you look at the seat of honor and it's empty because the guest didn't get an invitation. <laughs> That's the way Christmas can be for a lot of people. Your tree has Christian ornaments, potentially. You might find some Christian wrapping paper. You have, you have your little nativity scene somewhere. And all this. And it's, it's at the point that, that you start taking it down, that you look at it and you're like, wait a minute. Where was Jesus in all this? When did I take the time to spend with him some? When did, in, in the midst of everything, the carols I was singing, was I really focused on Jesus? Was he a part of my Christmas? Terrible, isn't it? To think that we can miss Jesus at his own incarnation. We can miss Jesus at his own birthday party. 
in today's Christian home and, and the modern Christian spirit, do we make room for Jesus? Is there room for Jesus in our spiritual, in our home, and in our lives? After all, it is His birthday we celebrate. What would Jesus want most from us for Christmas? What could we possibly offer the Creator and Savior of the world? Remember, the only gift Jesus has ever wanted is the gift of ourselves. Lock, stock, and barrel. We are a priceless gift and glorious in the sight of our King. If you do not have that relationship with Him. I mean, He loves you that much. He loves you enough that He came. He loves you enough that He, he died. He loves you enough that He died for your sins and was buried and was raised from the dead. He loves you that much And he did that all those years ago. But when he died and he paid the price, he paid it for anybody that would ever walk on this planet. So even though it's 2,000 years ago, he died for you, personally, and for me. Because of that great love. And so he's offering you that gift. He's offering you the chance to come and receive this free gift. It's already been paid for. But don't miss this. You have to get it. You have to open it. And you have to receive it. I said a week or two ago, what's next to Black Friday, what is the most busiest time of this season? And it's December 26th when everybody returns everything. So don't return that gift. Don't, don't tell him, well, I'll wait till Easter. Or I'll wait till next year. I, I've got all this stuff to clean up. You won't clean nothing up. And you know what's worse? It'll get worse. It'll get more congested. It'll get more busy. It'll get more hectic until you say, God, won't you help me? And that's the best thing you can say. God, won't you help me? How, how, how do I get off this busy merry-go-round? Well, let the one that balances the entire universe perfectly put his hand on your roller coaster or your merry-go-round and stop it for you and help you off into his way of doing things this holiday season please don't miss jesus the reason and author of christmas jesus christ the one and only the messiah the lamb of god the savior of the world Can I tell you something? 
If you miss him right now, if you miss him this month, you ought to come to him now. But if you miss him, unless he comes back, guess what? He's there in the new year too. Don't think that you can only meet him at Christmas time or other specific times. He's available 24-7, 365 until you leave this planet. He's available. And he wants to be a part of your life. This season and throughout the year, let this be our true and honest prayer. Listen to the words of this prayer. If they touch your heart, incorporate them into your heart. If you need Jesus, please come to him today. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. May I be a beacon in your world, shining brightly that all may see and receive the beautiful gift of Christmas. Christ the Lord who lives in me. May I always remember and take to heart year round that you, Lord Jesus, came into this world giving up the splendor of heaven to save us from our sins and to offer us the joy of an eternity with you. My King and my God, may you not only find room always in my heart and life, but may it be an exalted place worthy and wholly given to you as a gift offered in true thanksgiving and love for your grace poured out on me. In the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. As our praise team comes to prepare to lead us into this time of invitation. Oh, I wonder how many invitations go out in this month. How many party invites go out this month? The mail is just full, email is just full, inviting us to one party after another and all these different things. But the only one that makes any matter at all is the one from Jesus saying, won't you come spend Christmas with me? Won't you let me make Christmas alive for you? He has the greatest gift. No other gift compares. He has the greatest gift. And that gift that he gives is himself to us. He gives himself to us. The Bible tells us that as a believer, the Father and the Son come and make their home in our spiritual hearts. His wonderful Holy Spirit leads and guides us every single day to help us with right and wrong 
and how to repent and how to tell people about Jesus. He offers all of this if we would only come to Him. On this Sunday morning, one week before Christmas Eve, would you begin that journey with Him if you do not know Him? Would you begin that journey with Jesus and let Him lead you along? If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you need baptism. I've never done a Christmas baptism, I don't think. <laughs> I don't remember doing that. I've been in a cold baptistry a few times. Do you need church membership? Do you need to say yes to Jesus for something that you've been fighting Him and putting Him off? Unknown. I don't know what you need. But He does. And He's talking to you about that right now. And you need to act upon it. Well, during this time of invitation, don't let anything come between you and Him. Get on your feet. Let us help you if you need, need help. And what? just come to Jesus. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life. And we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.